It's time for the Minnesota WorkComp Connection. Legal experts in the Minnesota workers' compensation industry talking about all things related to navigating and litigating claims in the workers' compensation system in Minnesota. Sponsored by the law firms of Brown and Carlson, PA, and Motaz and Sisk. Nothing in this podcast should be considered legal advice. Each case is different, and you should consult with an attorney about anything you learn about on this podcast. Please consult with an attorney at either of our firms if you have questions relating to your claim. Now on to the show. Welcome to the Minnesota Work Comp Connection. I'm attorney Eric Hayes, and today we have with me attorney Jerry Sisk. Good afternoon, Jerry. Hey, good afternoon, Eric. How you doing? Very good. Thanks for joining good. me once again. Absolutely. This is fun. This is my highlight of the week, so thank you. Mine too. Today we're going to talk about compensability of work injuries in the Minnesota workers' compensation arena. And I think it's an important topic for both of us, whether you're a claimant's attorney or a defense attorney, deciding compensability, whether the Workers' Compensation Act covers a workers' compensation injury. Jerry, I'll start with you. When we talk about compensability in a for a Minnesota workers' compensation injury, uh, what what does that mean to you? I'm going to go back to the law school phrase that we get all the time. Well, it depends. I, I think when we initially, at least when I initially meet with a client, we've got to first determine whether or not their claim or injury is compensable. Are there benefits that we're going to be able to get for the injured worker client? And meeting that burden which is the employee's bird, can be difficult at times. So really it's going to require an analysis of what the type of injury that we are trying to prove and then what type of medical support do we get. And so th those are my first thoughts that, that come to mind when uh, I think of compensability. How about you, Eric? What does uh, compensability mean to you as a defense lawyer? Yeah, when I think about compensability in, in my job, I think of all of the times that various adjusters for the insurance company write to me and ask for some assistance or guidance in determining whether a workers' compensation claim is compensable. And in my world as a defense attorney, the way that happens usually is with a telephone call or with an email. And when I think about compensability, I think that we have to make a dis determination relatively quickly and usually based on limited information. And so what I like to do is gather the information that's currently available and I'll frequently ask the adjuster, are there any documents that you can send to me? Are there any investigative reports that you can send to me? Are there any initial medical records that you can send to me? And once I have some of those documents in hand, I can usually start to make some decisions on what my guide, guidance is going to be. Is it a compensable injury or is it not compensable? And for example, this is something that happens more than you would think. Oftentimes I look at the initial medical reports and it doesn't say anything about it being a work injury. And in that case, the claim determination becomes very easy because uh, it is my position that it is the employee's burden to establish a Minnesota workers' compensation claim. And so 
if they go to the doctor and don't tell the doctor about their work injury and then they come back with a work note or some medical records that never discuss any work injury, I'll usually provide some some denial language and, and highlight the fact that the medical records don't support causation for a work-related injury. That's usually the starting point for me and Minnesota workers' compensation compensability determinations. Yeah, and uh, just to piggyback off of that as well, you're you're right. It's very similar from in uh, from a petitioner's standpoint and how I handle my claims. What I I will typically tell my clients is that my determination now uh, regarding compensability may change as we move forward with your claim because at the initial stages we have very limited information and as more facts come in that may change and you're absolutely right many times medical records may have an absence of, or of documentation regarding it being work related and you question why is that and so those are things that at least I present to my client to find out what was going on. Was this a work-related injury? Did you know that it was work-related at that time? What are your thoughts as to why this wasn't reported? And oftentimes you, you get a reasonable explanation as to why. And I think it's very rare where you get someone to say, nope, I made it up. I was lying. I, <laughs> it wasn't work-related. No, there's typically a reason why. And Lastly, especially when it comes to medical records, an injured worker is not in control of what a doctor says. One of the best lines I ever got from a medical note, and I still see the doctor to this day, and I tell him it's one of the greatest lines. My client had gotten injured, and he had, was on his way to Menards. And so what he said is that patient was on his way to Menards to save big money and ended up having an injury, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. I think it was one of the, the greatest medical notes I, I ever saw. But so again, you're right. The information that you have, at least at the initial stages, plays a huge role as to how you evaluate compensability. You brought up a good point when you said that, generally speaking, you haven't run into too many people who are making it up. And I get that sense too. I think that there are people who get a hurt at work, they have tough jobs, you know, very labor intensive, and work injuries are going to be part of life, unfortunately. Uh, and I don't get the sense either that people are making it up or trying to commit fraud or anything like that. But I do get the sense that I get involved when it's a little bit more complicated or there's serious questions about compensability. And what I mean by that is one of the things that I always advise my client is they want to make sure that if they challenge a claim, it's a, a good faith challenge, right? And if there's videotape of somebody falling off of a ladder and there's just no dispute that the injury occurred, of course, you're going to have to pick up that claim and that would be my advice. And in my experience, when I'm getting asked for guidance on compensability, it's not the easy ones. It's the more challenging ones where there's competing stories or it was reported late or there isn't any medical causation established yet. Something that I see regularly is a work injury claim that's reported months later, right? It's August now, for example, and they say that they were injured last October. And it's, that's, that would, under the law, be a late report. And so that usually catches the adjuster's eye and says, what do we do with that? So 
anyway, I, I wanted to level set with you that, yeah, I don't get the sense that, that there's a lot of fraud being committed either, but there are some challenging compensability determinations, that's for sure. There's a lot of complicated claims and it's not always, uh, sometimes it's more than meets the eye once you start digging in and, and getting some documents and evaluating compensability. So Jerry, I wanted to ask you, when you are helping people discuss compensability for their work injury, what are some of the discussions that you have with them in terms of what to expect if there's a question about the compensability of their claim? So, so depending on the compensability issue, so are we thinking that the injury didn't occur? Are we arguing that the injury occurred? but the nature and extent of the injury is not as bad. Are we arguing back and forth that someone has a condition, but maybe it's not related you know, to this injury or work activities? So really, again, this kind of gets back to that, what is the injury that we're, that we're looking at? A specific repetitive trauma and occupational disease. And then looking at the facts of the case. What are the facts that we can firm up? What are the job duties that the injured worker had performed? What were they doing on the day of injury? Were there any witnesses? Really firming up those facts. So that way we know all the facts. We understand the story to the best of our ability, what had happened. I'm representing, I think you and I were talking off, off air here about heart attacks. And I've had a, a heart attack claim where the injured worker died, passed away. And so we don't have the ability to ask him what happened, what transpired at or around the time of his injury. So instead, now we have to recreate that. We have to get outside information. We have to get facts from a variety of sources to better help us understand what he was doing up until the time of his death. And that's important because those facts most likely will play a role in compensability, right? Uh, especially when we're dealing with a heart attack claim because insurance company, defense lawyer is going to argue that this was a pre-existing condition and that the work activities did not play a substantial contributing factor. On the other hand, we're gonna argue that it did. Those are gonna be the important questions that, that I'm going to ask. And then second, in my discussions with my client, we're gonna talk about the doctors, the medical professionals that they're treating with, because whether it's a specific injury or if it's a repetitive trauma injury, you need that medical causation, that link. And on our previous podcast, we talked about that, right? We talked about that nexus, making that connection. And that's the important piece of this. So that way, in the end, when we're trying to get these limited benefits that WorkComp offers for the injured worker, we can do that and we understand what platform we're working. So yeah, those are the important questions that I'm going to be looking at and trying to answer with my client. Yeah, I think from my perspective as a defense attorney, a lot of the things that you touched on, Jerry, are going to apply to me as well. You talked about gathering the facts, right? Sometimes there's witnesses out there that can help provide some information about what truly happened on the date of the accident or injury. Sometimes witnesses are willing to say that they didn't see any injury occur. So sometimes there's some factual development that has to happen and some investigation that needs to happen to help compensability. And then oftentimes, Jerry, sometimes the compensability 
cannot be known by somebody like me because I simply do not have the medical expertise to make a determination on on causation or compensability. And so sometimes my advice to the client is that they should get an independent medical examination or at least a records review to see if, uh, for example, that heart attack is work-related in, in, in their opinion. From my perspective, oftentimes injured workers can be confused simply because they had a heart attack at work doesn't mean that their work caused the heart attack. And as terrible of a situation as it is, we need to rely on the medical experts and help them help us navigate those issues. And I think, and, and that raises, you know, a really good point when we start talking about relying on the experts and, and I think that'll be something that we'll probably touch on even more throughout additional podcasts, because it's whenever we go into a hearing or a conference, we seem to be battling between which expert, which doctor or physician that the fact finder should find most credible. And so you're, I, I think you're, I think you're right when you're saying, Hey, relying on that doctor. And that gets to my point back to, okay, which doctor is assuming the correct facts, which doctor has all of the information. Because not every thing that happens at work is going to lead to a compensable work injury. So I think it, what, that they're relying on in formulating your their opinions regarding compensability. Yeah, when we talk about compensability, again, we have to focus our discussion on whether it's uh, covered by the Minnesota Workers' Compensation Act. You mean that if it just, you, you mean if I fall down at work, you mean it, it's not automatically covered? Not necessarily, <laughs> Jerry. So some of the things that we're talking about, though, I think it's helpful to, to frame our discussion are traumatic injuries, right? the trauma that occurs at work. We also have gradual onset injuries or Gillette injuries in uh, the state of Minnesota. Occupational diseases, conditions that are caused or aggravated by employment activities. And then above and beyond that, we also uh, occasionally have mental injuries that could can be covered. But most of the injuries that we're talking about compensability, at least on the day-to-day -day claims that I handle are gonna be traumatic injuries, or those gradual onset injuries. Is that true for you as well, Jerry? Uh, yeah, I would agree. I, I think I, in my practice, I, I seem to see the, the whole gamut of injuries from occupational diseases to mental health, which is the physical mental or the mental such as post-traumatic stress uh, disorder. It's, and I don't know, I think the practice has changed where people are more cognizant of certain injuries being work-related. And I think that's probably in part due to the internet and the ability for injured workers to do their own research, to discover that, yeah, you know what, this is a covered covered work-related injury. I, I know, and sometimes it still surprises me where I'll talk to people who haven't brought a claim or they'll talk about an injury they had and they may say, hey, I, I didn't know that was work-related. So for example, I was talking to a, a potential client and she had a work-related injury but she was also involved in a motor vehicle accident on her way to get therapy. And she didn't know that motor vehicle accident would be also covered under workers' compensation because she was in, hadn't deviated from her path to get treatment and had been involved in a motor vehicle accident where she had injuries, orthopedic soft tissue injuries. Again, I think that is where educating the public and, and where they've now come to 
you know, learn of, of these different types of injuries. So yeah, my, my practice in, includes a, a wide variety and it, and that's why getting back to that law school answer, which seems to always come into play, which is it really depends. And that's why it's really important. And even, you know, obviously with adjusters and the like to where they come to you for advice is the same for injured workers is to really talk to an attorney because each case is so fact specific that you really, and there's so many nuances in the work comp realm, whether it's statute or rule-based or case law that's that's been in place and have helped to develop this law or language that we've put in place. So it's really, it is really important that, that somebody who is injured and is looking to uh, get more information, really talk to an experienced lawyer because it's really going to pay off because I, I actually, I thought once to, to get an ad that say, once you've talked to lawyer Google, come talk to me just because it's, you're not going to get it from reading an article. You may get some, but again, each case is going to be fact driven. And that's why in these compensable issues, it's a, that's, this is exactly on point is one little fact or one little thing that you may be missing can affect whether you win or lose. I can't tell you how many times I've won just because there's been just those facts, just those little facts that maybe the defense expert didn't know and that was able to push you over the hump in terms of compensability. And I've told you, and I've lost cases where a doctor maybe didn't consider all of the facts or didn't review all of the information that you really wanted. So again, it's, it is really important in that compensability picture. I think you highlighted probably the most important thing and something that I talk to my clients about every day is that it's got to be a case by case basis. Each case is going to be a little bit different. I do get the sense that sometimes there's a question about why was that one injury compensable while this uh, injury a week later was not compensable. It, it is going to be a claim determination made on a case-by-case -case basis, and the facts are going to be different for everybody, pre-existing conditions and their job function and how long they've been there, all those different factors that we look at to help us guide it. And so I think as we conclude, Jerry, I, I think that one of the things that we can agree on is that for both you as a claimant's attorney and me as a defense attorney, when we look at compensability, it's got to be on a case-by-case -case basis, considering all of the facts that we can gather. That's the only Great. way that we can help guide our clients to make a right claim determination. And it's really going to be different depending on those small little facts like you highlight. It's going to make a difference. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's going to make a huge difference. Thank you so much, Jerry, for joining again today on the Minnesota Workers' Compensation Connection. Until next yeah, time. Yeah, thanks for having me again, Eric. Appreciate it. <laughs> All right, we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Minnesota WorkComp Connection. If you have any questions related to your claim, reach out to the law firm sponsoring the show, Brown and Carlson PA and Motaz and Sisk. Until next time.